What's up, everybody? Tara Wellman here, back with a Winter Meetings edition of Winter Wonderland. Now, last offseason, when the Cardinals were in pursuit of Giancarlo Stanton, and then, of course, ended up with Marcel Ozuna, the man of the hour quickly became Craig Mish, who has since then been sort of adopted as one of St. Louis's own. Well, without the back and forth between the Marlins and the Cardinals this year, you might think there isn't as much to talk to Craig Mish about this time around, but... Don't be fooled. He's very much in the loop on the Cardinals and chasing down rumors throughout the offseason everywhere else in baseball as well. So as Craig Mish heads to the winter meetings, I decided to catch up with him and see what he could tell us about the offseason thus far. Thanks so much for joining me again. I know we talked in season, figured we'd talk again this off season. I have to imagine that this off season has been a little bit different than yeah. last off season with the whirlwind of Marlins moves. But what what's your takeaway from the off season so far? Let's just jump right in. Yeah, and I'm glad that you pointed that out because <laughs> I think that a lot of people, especially in St. Louis and even like baseball fans around the country, are like. You know, what are you going to break the big story? I'm like, I don't know that I can top last year, guys. Like, the Marlins <laughs> traded the MVP of the league. They traded Ozuna. They traded Yelich. They traded D. Gordon. There were so many moves that were made, and these were all big-name players. It would be the equivalent almost of what the Mariners are doing, trading their players, or maybe what Arizona is going to do. It's just, like, that's the way that I was involved. It just because so much had to do with the Marlins. Now, that notwithstanding... Obviously, I'm still on top of news and trying to do whatever I can, but there are insiders that cover Major League Baseball that have been doing this for a long time, some of the top guys in the game and women as well, and I'm just trying to you know, stay in their category at this point. But Tara, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, right now, at least for me, being in South Florida, the main focus continues to be JT Romuto, the Marlins catcher, and potentially him traded and where he'll end up. I'm all over that story. That's the one that's focused for me. But just like you, uh, watching everything that's going on, especially the trade yesterday, you know, really started to heat things up for the hot stove. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Cardinals getting Paul Goldschmidt in return for Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly, Andy Young, and a draft pick. Thoughts on the trade? Yeah, I think that you know, let's let's talk about what the Cardinals gave up. You know, Carson Kelly is interesting to me because he just really never took that next step as even a backup catcher to Yadi Molina. So I'm hoping that for Kelly, this is a new destination, a good hitting environment, maybe just change of scenery or whatever the case may be. He's going to get a full opportunity, I think, to catch with the Diamondbacks. So very much an unknown there. Don't know a lot about the kid Young. Uh, obviously, they gave up a competitive balance pick. And so the question is, what did they give up in Luke Weaver? Well, you know, Weaver, I thought last year was fantastic. I talked to him in spring training. He was looking to kind of build off that season that he had uh, two years ago. And then he started off the season really well. But for whatever reason, I, I think whether it was film or analytics, there were hitters that were really starting to pick up on what he was pitching. So hopefully in this new environment for him, which, by the way, is a much tougher environment to pitch in Arizona at Chase Field, of all the ballparks in the big leagues that you don't want to be in, number one is Coors and number two is Chase. So I don't know how this is going to work out for Weaver, but I would think 
that they'll work with him. They'll find some things on video. They'll check his spin rate, things that made him good a couple of years ago, and get him back. As far as what the Cardinals got in return, I think it was a great trade. I know they only have one year of control with Goldschmidt, and there will be some pressure to sign him, just like there will be some pressure potentially if they want to keep Marcelo Zuda also. But the Cardinals tend to do these things kind of on the fly. They have a good track record and a good history of keeping their guys in St. Louis. We saw it with Holiday. We saw it with McGuire. So potentially maybe this is another player that they're able to get him acclimated in Jupiter and then get him into St. Louis and then go to him at some point during the season because, Tara, make no mistake about it, if Goldschmidt does have a fantastic year, they're going to have a really hard time signing him after the season is over. We've seen that in the past. Tough to get guys to come back after they're already free agents. So hopefully for the Cardinals, they'll work out something midseason to keep him in a Cardinals uniform for a long time. Yeah, I think that's been the concern of Cardinals fans is that, sure, it sounds great, get Goldie in and then, you know, convince him to stay in St. Louis. But there are going to be some pretty high-priced bidders if he does go to free agency. And that's sort of the situation the Cardinals are up against with the Harper or Machado sweepstakes right now, right? Because you've got teams like the Dodgers and teams like New York and teams like the Phillies who have money to just sort of throw at the wall. The Cardinals are not going to do that. So you kind of have to hope that they work something out before it gets to that point if you think Goldschmidt is going to stay. I talked last night to uh, John Gambadoro, who's a sports talk radio host in Arizona, who I think kind of broke the story. Seems like he did. Um, Seems like he did. He was right mm-hmm. on top of it. If if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't him specifically, sure. the the timing all kind of mushes together in the rush to get it, it out does, there, right? Yeah. Um, but he spoke very highly of Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver in that the organization feels like they have people in place that can help them take that next step. So I'm excited to see what they do because I think there's a lot of potential there for both of them. But they, uh, what I keep saying about this trade is that it might feel a little underwhelming from the Diamondbacks' side, but I think that the the Cardinals traded from a position of redundancy, really, where they had guys to fill in those spots. So it wasn't necessarily value for the Cardinals that they traded as much as it could be value for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, and at some point, you do have to look at Kelly and say to yourself, and even wonder, like, how far would they have extended Molina out if they really thought that Kelly was at least viable to even split time or catch 60, 70 games with Molina there? It just never got to that point, and the opportunities that he got, whether it was just not playing well or being hurt, I feel bad for the kid, but for me to project right now and say that Kelly is going to be an elite catcher in the league would be impossible. We just haven't seen it at all at the big league level. Now, in terms of Weaver, I still think that his ceiling could potentially be a number two, maybe a number one starter in in the future. But if you're going to lose a player, and I think Arizona was probably not in a position where they're looking at that division and saying, are we going to be able to beat the Dodgers? In all likelihood, not. I think the Rockies are probably better than them, too. They probably took a step back and said, we're going to lose him at the end of the year. Let's just get as much as we can possibly for him. And I think for that, I mean, considering one year of control, they probably did a good job. And I think something else that's kind of baked into this trade, too, that if the Cardinals do lose Goldschmidt, they would get a first-round pick in return for losing him, too. And I don't want to lose sight of that either because the Cardinals have done a really good job drafting through the years, too. Yeah, and that's a that's a big emphasis in the in the John Mosaic era is sort of taking advantage of those draft picks and and trying to build 
from within. Now, you mentioned uh, Ozuno. We'll get back to talking about him in a minute. But of course, the sort of elephant in the room right now is Bryce Harper and to some degree Manny Machado. But everyone wants to know where Bryce Harper is going to land. And of course, at this point, no one really knows. Um, no. The Cardinals have supposedly been in on him. And then yesterday, there was a report that they were out. And then this morning, there was another report that said, well, they're not really out. They just have changed their focus. So no one knows where Bryce no. Harper is going to land. But what can you say? What have you heard? What stories have you been tracking this offseason? Yeah, Cardinals are really good about uh, being in stealth mode uh, during <laughs> during the uh, hot stove. So it's it, it's kind of really tough to, to navigate there. But I don't think Machado is a fit for St. Louis. I'm going to rule that out at this point. I haven't heard his name with the Cardinals. It does seem at this point, now that Goldschmidt is at first, and now that Carpenter will be a third, and I think at least for the time being, you have to believe that DeYoung was just derailed with injuries last year and he can rebound. I don't know. I just, I don't see the fit there. Now, in terms of Harper, you know, Tara, a couple of weeks ago, it was probably about a month ago, somebody had, you know, sent me a text when I was asking, hey, what's, you know, the deal, the possibilities of Harper? And I was told a few things. And one of the, one of the things that I was told is that Harper was on the list of teams that he potentially wanted to meet with. But then as time went by and I'm trying to verify these sources, I had learned that not only were the Cardinals on there, but there were like eight or nine teams on there, which included the Cubs and included the Nationals and included the Yankees. And almost as if to say the Nationals are kind of right back in this thing, even though they offered him the deal that he didn't take it, and that Harper's camp is literally willing to meet with anybody who's who wants to come to his table and meet his asking price. Almost reminds me... Many years ago of when LeBron James uh, was leaving the Heat and went back to the Cavs again, he was willing to talk to a bunch of teams, including the team that he left in the Heat. So it was not something that I was able to verify and put into the category of making the Cardinals a favorite for Harper, but it did put me on notice and constantly asking and, and checking to see, is this a matter of Harper visiting St. Louis? Like, is that happening? And then you know, what it really kind of ruled it out for me and the reason why I stopped even bringing it up or reporting on it because of the reports that said that a lot of people were going to Vegas to meet with him too. So uh, at this point, I can't really say that it's any information. It's more or less rumor, which is why I don't post things just for rumor on Twitter because I know what can happen. It can become a wildfire to a degree. But at this point, I still believe and I know that Cardinals fans won't want to hear this, but I still believe the Cubs are the team to watch as it pertains to Harper at this point. Which is interesting because they've also been pretty stealthy about not Very, really publicizing yeah. that interest. But I sort of felt like he would end up in Chicago all along. I, obviously, as a Cardinals fan, I would like for that not to be the case. But, sure. um, you know, it does feel like at this point... Anyone who's willing to have that conversation about the length of contract or the size of the contract is going to be invited to the table, so That's to speak, it. Yeah. And, and doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot more movement than that right now. No, and, and, and look at the winter meetings. You have Harper, who lives in Vegas, and then you have the teams that are in Vegas, although I think there have been reports that said that Harper wouldn't be you know, on the Strip at Mandalay Bay. He'd be there, and then you know, teams could go visit him, but... Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's hard. It, it would really be a huge coup for the Cardinals to be able to sign him in addition to Goldschmidt and uh, trading for Goldschmidt. But I got to tell you, I'm going to be hard pressed to see another move. Now, I'm partial to Real Muto. So I think wherever he goes, he's got a chance to win the MVP of the AL or the NL. And I, I do believe that he's a f fantastic player. He's going to get into a new ballpark potentially. But beyond him and even, you know, one year situation, 
I, I think the Goldschmidt move may turn out to be the best move of anyone made this offseason. Which would be exciting for Cardinals fans because they haven't had that guy in quite a while. No. Now, as far as the Cardinals, uh, I did mention Ozuna, of course, coming off of a season where in many respects it was a bit of a letdown. He wasn't quite the thump in the middle of the lineup that the Cardinals had hoped he would be, or really probably that he hoped he would be. There was just, it was a weird dynamic, I think, at the beginning of the season. There was a weird dynamic until pretty much halfway through the season, then everything changed. Um, but nonetheless, he came out of the season still dealing with the shoulder that seemed to be uh, kind of the, the root of a lot of the, the issues he had on the field. Getting that cleaned up, looking right. forward to what should be a, a regular offseason. I know that you followed that story quite closely. You were in touch with Ozuna and, and his, his people um, quite a bit. What do you make of where Ozuna is right now with the Cardinals and and what could possibly be the expectation for him in 2019? No, I think that there's pressure on him and and, and the pressure is now, you know, kind of self-imposed a little bit because of the season that he had last year and the injury, but I expect him to be fully healthy going into the season. I also know that he's, again, a Scott Boris client and there is no question in my mind that they're well aware that he is due for a monster payday if he can recapture the glory as to what he did with the Marlins in years past. So I you know, certainly would expect him to do that. You know, knowing Ozuna a little bit and kind of knowing who he is and what he's about, Ozuna is not the kind of guy that's very impressionable from other people. Like he'll work with hitting coaches. He used Barry Bonds' bat at one point. He's very coachable, uh, but he has his own ideas on things. And I think that unfortunately for him – Maybe the shoulder issue was was something that kind of lingered all season long because of the way that he felt about it personally. I mean, he could have ended up being wrong with either how little serious or how serious it possibly was. And I think that kind of back and forth all season really led to the season that you had there. But the right decision was made. That's the important thing after the season. I know Cardinals fans don't want to hear that because in the end, were his numbers as good as what they thought? No, they also weren't terrible. But everyone saw what was going on in the outfield with his inability to throw back in. I think that that will change this season. Uh, I, I do not, I've always said that I don't doubt this guy because he's always come strong and he's come back strong. And this is the – I mean, look, Scott Boris has a lot of clients. I got to tell you that Ozuna is going to be a primary focus of that organization in 2019. Not – I mean, for himself and for the Cardinals, Tara. But let's be real. Like, this is – a player that can command over $100 million in the free agent market if he is right, and I think he will be. Yeah, and it was interesting, too, when we saw him take a little bit of time off, spent some time on the DL, ended up with the the shot to eliminate some of the inflammation in the shoulder. He came back, and all of a sudden, he was hitting like the guy everyone expected him to be. Right. So not right. only the throwing arm, but also at the plate. I think if we can get that taken care of, um, I, I think there will be good things for him. And really, a rebound year from Ozuna, plus the addition of Goldschmidt, and potentially a rebound year from Dexter Fowler. And all of a sudden, you're, you're looking at a Cardinals lineup that is a lot more stacked than what it showed itself to be last year. So even without Harper in the mix, um, I do think there's still some great potential for the the middle of that lineup to be uh, a pretty potent weapon. Yeah, hard to really project Fowler at this point based on what we saw last year. But the Cardinals do have a lot of options, and they have backup options. They continue to have those in the outfield. So certainly he's going to get another opportunity to play, but I just don't think that 
under Mike Schilt that he's going to have the same leash that he had uh, under Mike Matheny. And it really required Fowler to actually get hurt. And then I missed like the last two months of the season. So I think everybody's rooting for him to succeed. But every once in a while, you just got to look at a contract and say, man, this is one that we may have screwed up on. And certainly at this point, it does look like the case with Fowler. But they do have backup options if it doesn't work out. And I would assume that they'll even bring in some more this offseason. And again, who knows? They may trade Jose Martinez, get something back for him as well. They could ask for a major league ready ready player like they did two years ago when they traded Piscotti. So we'll see how that turns out. Well, one of the other things the Cardinals do need to focus on is their pitching, particularly in the bullpen. One of the guys that's going to be in the conversation until we know what he's capable of is Alex Reyes, which I know is another story that you followed quite closely last year. Um, there's just the unfortunate scenario where he was so close to being back and being that guy and then was unfortunately injured again. Is there any news on the Alex Reyes front that, that could give Cardinals any glimmer of what he can be? Yeah, I believe he's he's virtually back to being 100% healthy from what I heard and is going to be throwing pretty soon. So that kind of puts him uh, – we're in December here. So that puts him right on track to be on a throwing program also going into spring training. I think there you know, certainly could be the chance that he doesn't break camp with the team again and they hold him back to make some minor league assignments like we saw last year where he went from single A to double A to triple A was striking out everybody. And then he got to the big leagues again. But I look, I watch a lot of baseball. I see a lot of baseball in person. There was no one that I saw, no pitcher in Major League Baseball, minor league or major league, that looked as good as him in those minor league starts that I saw last year, which is why I was so bullish on him. It's just so unfortunate what happened to him in that first start where he came back. So I don't think that the same fanfare will be there this year for like what it was last year, just to kind of temper people's expectations. But I definitely could see him being in the rotation getting maybe between 100 and 130 innings somewhere this season. They'll definitely be a lot more careful with him this year, knowing that we're coming off back-to-back injury seasons. But the news is all pointing positive for him at the moment. Which is great to hear because, uh, like you, the chances that I've had to see him pitch in person, I can't figure out how to adequately explain how incredible it is to watch it is amazing. Uh, in person. It's just it's mind-boggling the the skill set that he has. So I think, you know, there are a lot of people who are are sort of hedging their bets and maybe saying, well, maybe we should, maybe we don't bank on Alex Reyes. And I think that's a fair stance. But it is. Yeah. having seen him in person, it's so hard for me to get that out of my head that this is a guy who can contribute in a really special way at the major league level. Yeah, the movement on his curveball, even, uh, you know, I saw it in person at single A and then obviously double A and, and even into the triple A start that he made. I mean, it's just a, a special two pitches that other pitchers in the big leagues don't have. It's fastball combined with that curveball. So I guess we'll just kind of have to watch this tarot like everybody else as it plays out. But when everything starts progressing and then we get to spring training, the question will be is do they let him loose in the spring or do they hold back a little bit and try to get him back for May, June, July, August, and September, which was kind of the routine a little bit last year, a little bit later in the year. So my guess is we will see him at the big league level, but they'll be ultra conservative with him this time around. I think they were ultra conservative, honestly, with him last time around. It just came down to the player. Unfortunately, it looked like wanting to you know, step a little bit up as opposed to wait. And how can you blame Reyes? He had missed a year. And then all of a sudden, I guess some of the reports where he felt something didn't say anything about it. It's, it's, it's really hard to manage those kind of players when you're out for a long period of time. I mean, imagine you're a minor league player or you're an injured player and here you are, you have your chance at the big leagues and the manager says to you, are you all right? 
you're going to say, yeah, because you want to stay out there. And I think that's kind of what happened with him. You, you know, sometimes players have to police themselves, and hopefully going forward he will. His curveball when I saw him in Peoria was getting audible gasps from yeah, the crowd. It it's it's incredible. That's that, I just I can't say enough about it. All right, so enough about Alex Reyes for now, though. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about him more as the, sure. the off season and the season goes on. Winter meetings coming up this week. Uh, so, having never been to the winter meetings, okay. uh, I feel like there's this sort of. Um, a mystery around what actually happens and how people go about getting information. And, and if you're all just kind of sitting around waiting for a text message and you go meet someone in a dark corner and get, <laughs> what is the, what is the winter meetings like for guys like yourself who are there trying to get a story? Yeah. It just depends on the year. Last year, Tara, if you remember what happened was everybody uh, was, was waiting to sign until after the winter meeting. So mm -hmm. it was super slow. In fact, in Orlando last year, I think the biggest story was just Stanton showing up and doing the press conference with the Yankees. Nothing else really happened there. It was very slow. It was kind of exciting for the Marlins because they had so many moves going on. But it just it depends on the landscape and it depends on the season. We've already seen a lot of moves happen now. Is that something that will continue in Vegas next week? I don't know the answer to that. In terms of getting information for somebody like me in general, it isn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's conversations, and I'm trying to think last year. I think the one story that I broke was due to a face-to-face -face conversation, but a lot of it is via text because the other part of it is if that if somebody wants to tell you something, are they going to just walk up to you right in the lobby when everyone's looking? They're going to say, like, for the two people that do know me, oh, there's Craig with this guy? Oh, well, you know, he must be getting something. So in general, it is a lot of texting, and I think that's more or less the way that it happened. I'm, the, Ozuna, the Ozuna trade last year that I broke was a text. And I wasn't even there at that point. I had come back to South Florida. Um, Yelich to the Brewers, when I reported that, was was not even in the winter meetings. And then Stanton was before that. So, yeah, we'll get a lot of stuff. We'll get a lot of info. And I can't speak honestly for everyone, but I doubt that the insiders of Baseball Terra are just opening up the suites to where the GMs are and just sitting down and saying, oh, what do you got? But I can't speak for anyone else. I can only speak for me. Well, I hope that uh, you enjoy whatever the whatever the drama is this year at the winter meetings. And of course, myself and Cardinals fans in general appreciate you taking a little bit of time for us out of your uh, out of your hunt for the real Muto story. Thanks. And the one and the one thing that I will tell everybody for sure, without a doubt, is that when I leave Vegas, I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then I'm going to come back Thursday. Usually, the action stops Thursday. Uh, people start leaving. But when I when I come back, the one thing that I will do, and I'll post it either on Twitter or I'll, I'll uh, or somewhere, is that I will bet the Cardinals to win the World Series in Vegas. I will, and I will have my money on that, and I will show everybody that I am putting my money where my mouth is, regardless if they do anything else this offseason. That Goldschmidt trade to me is a very big one. So when I return, I will have a ticket, a little white ticket that says Cardinals to win the World Series, and I promise it'll be more than a dollar. There you go. You, you heard it here first. Cardinals to win the World Series. Inside Craig, thanks the so scoop much. right there. Only right here. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Craig Mish, everybody, willing to bet more than $1 that the Cardinals will win the World Series with the addition of Paul Goldschmidt in 2019. Gotta say, I like his style. Thanks again to Craig for joining me. We will be back with another edition of Winter Wonderland sometime after the winter meetings, hopefully when there's more news to discuss. 
Until then, make sure you're following on birdsontheblack.com, subscribing on YouTube, checking out the podcast. New episode of Chirps drops every Wednesday. And until then, I'm Tara Wellman. I'll see you next time.